0: your Bibles to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. We are living in strange times and having strange kind of services, and we are living with a virus in our nation, and I don't know what to say about it. You know, there's some people that believe it really exists. Some don't. Some believe it's all made up. Some. But I'll tell you what, this virus has done something that no woman has ever been able to do in the history of our country. Think of it. This virus has canceled all sports, shut down every bar, and has kept men at home. That is incredible, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man, and with this quarantine, oh, are you guys going stir crazy yet? Some people are trying to decide what meeting to go to as soon as the quarantine is over. They're trying to decide either Weight Watchers or AA. I suggest let's go to the house of God. Next Sunday, right here, let's be in the house of God. I think you're going to enjoy the services next Sunday, and I'm so glad that I get to be here today. Exodus chapter 12. Obviously, this is Memorial Day weekend. Tomorrow, we're going to celebrate a very important national holiday. Memorial Day, or as us old-timers think of it as Decoration Day, It's a national holiday in the United States of America to remember those soldiers that gave their lives serving our country so that we could have freedom. And the purpose of setting this day aside is to remind this generation and every future generation that freedom is not free. It cost many men and many women their lives. It's so important that we remember the cost of freedom so that we don't squander it and waste it. Now, I'm not certain how we can do it since you're watching on television or on a computer, but I think it would be appropriate because God sees everything that we do, that if you've served our country, man, woman, if you've served our country to defend our freedom, I'd like you to rise to your feet right now, knowing that God will smile from heaven. And I want you to know that we applaud you and thank you for serving our country. And we praise the Lord for your service to our country. Thank you for doing that. Praise the Lord. Webster's Dictionary says that a memorial is something to help people remember a person or an event. Years ago, Lori and I have had the privilege of making several missionary trips, and on one occasion, we were in the Philippines and just outside of Manila is an American National Cemetery where 17,000 little white crosses decorate the side of a hill. And as we walked through that area, our hearts became very sober, and our tears began to flow from our eyes, not knowing a single person that lay out in that field, but it reminded us that somebody gave their life so that we could have freedom. A few years later, we we visited France and went to Normandy, and again, nearly 10,000 white markers on a field of men and women that gave their lives so that I could have freedom, freedom to live, freedom to preach the gospel. Again, it brought us in our minds to a sober condition that we paused to think and to thank those we didn't even know for providing for us freedom in our country. Memorials are so important. When memorials are ignored or mocked or destroyed or not erected, there will soon be a generation with no roots and no appreciation, no respect and little dignity and value and purpose and so little discipline. Memorials are so important for perpetuity and obviously god knows that memorial day was not made in america god made memorial day and the first memorial day that's ever recorded in scripture is found right here in our text in exodus chapter 12 and those of you that have been saved or are a student of the word of god you're very familiar with the book of exodus the book begins with moses being called and raised of God and protected by God so that he would soon be the deliverer of God's people from bondage in slavery in Egypt. Do you remember that first day that Moses encountered Pharaoh? He said, God told me to tell you, let my people go. Well, Pharaoh thought it was hilarious. You see, even the Egyptians believed in God Everybody in the world believes in God. Only a fool says in his heart there is no God. And Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? Oh my, that was a dumb question to ask. Because obviously Moses told him who God was. And then one plague at a time to show the power of the true and living God. Well, that didn't bother Pharaoh. He called his ministers, his magicians, and they come out and they performed the same miracles. And, and Pharaoh basically was smugly stating, our God is as great as your God, but God up the ante, if you please, to a point where they could not imitate or perform the same miracles. You see, our God is like no other God. He said, beside me, There is none like me. Our God is the true and living God. There were ten plagues that were sent to Egypt to show the power of the Almighty God. And the tenth and last plague was the plague that many of you will remember when God said, I want you to go out and find a little lamb. And I want you to slay that lamb, and I want you to take the blood of that lamb and strike it on the mantle of your front door and on the side post as well. And tonight I'm going to pass over the land, and whatever house does not have the blood applied to the door, I'm going to take the firstborn. Well, Pharaoh did not believe in the true and living God. He really thought, His many gods would protect him. But that night, as God promised, he passed over the land. And every home that did not have the blood applied, the firstborn passed away. Let's read about it in our text. Exodus chapter 12, commencing in verse number 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and man. And beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. And for this Memorial Day message, I want you to look at the first 10 words of verse number 14 with me. And this day shall be unto you For a memorial. This morning I just want to preach a little bit from the scriptures. A sermon I've titled, A Memorial Day's Sermon. How generic is that? But I trust the message of God's word will bless your heart today. Let's pray. Father, would you bless us today as we gather around your word. May the teaching and preaching of your word excite the believer and remind us again of the great cost that Jesus paid so that we might have eternal life. I'd like to think that everyone listening to the message this morning is saved and on their way to heaven, but more than likely there are a few today that have an interest in you and Maybe even like Pharaoh, believe in a God or many gods, but they do not know the true and living God. And because of that, they lack confidence of their eternal destiny. They're not certain that if they were to die tonight, they would go to heaven. So Heavenly Father, today, would you speak to each person that's listening today about their soul and their eternal destiny and open their eyes to where they could see and clearly understand the gospel that Jesus Christ is God. And he and he alone can save every one of us who will believe in him. And for your saints, I pray that the memorials that are Listed in Scripture would be a blessing and a reminder to each of us today. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Passover is the first memorial day. But I want to point out some other memorials that are listed in Scripture this morning. Memorials that will help God's people to observe, to talk about, to cherish, the person and event it is focusing on. First of all, I want to draw your attention to Exodus chapter 3. And we're going to find the very first time in Scripture where the word memorial is found. And we're going to find here a memorial name. Exodus 3, verse number 15. And God said, Moreover unto Moses... Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you, this is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. This chapter records the call of Moses and as I referred to earlier in the introduction when Moses stood before a God when God called him said I want you to lead my people out of Egypt and Moses his first concern was not so much even Pharaoh but even God's people how am I going to convince them that I am the deliverer how am I going to prove to them that you've called me to lead them so that they will follow me I need to know your name. They're going to want to know that I know who you are. They're not just going to follow anybody. In verse number 14, preceding the verse we just read, God said, you tell them that I said, I am that I am has sent you. And Moses went before the people and said, I am has sent me. And God's name is is to be a memorial. The Bible says in John chapter 1, Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. God wanted to show himself to the world. And God became flesh and dwelt among him so that we could behold him. And so the Jews of that day, God's people said, you say you're God, what is your name? Jesus said in John 8, 58, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you that Jesus is the I am. He is God in the flesh. And his name is a memorial memorial of what jesus came to do and that is to deliver us from our sins the bible says in psalm 135 verse 13 thy name o lord endureth forever and thy memorial o lord throughout all generations god's name jesus is a memorial to help us remember the event of deliverance Man, what a name. What a name. It's the name of all names. His name is a name of prominence. It's a name above every name. It's a name of power. Jesus said, ask anything in my name and I will do it. It's a name of peace. His name shall be called the Prince of Peace. His name is a name of pardon. There's none other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. It's a name of preeminence. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. When Lori and I were teenagers, we used to sing a chorus before choruses got real popular. We used to sing a chorus. His name is wonderful. It reminds us of our deliverance. You see, most of our world today, even in America, believes in God. But when you ask them the name of their God, you're going to get a host of different names. The true God, His name, Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, And the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you're listening today and you've never been delivered from your sin, you've never been saved, I want to encourage you today to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He is God. There's another memorial I want to point out in Exodus chapter 17, it's called a memorial book. Exodus 17, verse 14 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. This book, the book I'm holding, the old black book, come in many colors today, but this book here is called God's book the holy Bible the holy book and in God's book there's a very sober warning in Genesis and Proverbs and Revelation at the beginning in the middle at the end of the book that we're not to tamper with God's word we're not to remove words from his book we're not to add words to his book because God has left us a book of truth so that we can know him And I want to remind you in the audience today that this book is a memorial of dominance. If you know the story in Exodus chapter 17, you will remember that they're fighting the Amalekites. And when Moses lifted up his hands in prayer, the Israelites prevailed against the Amalekites. But you lift up your hands for any time at all, and they get heavy they get tired, and when he'd go to rest his arms, the Amalekites would begin to prevail in the battle. And so he had two ministers beside him come and help hold up his arms so that Joshua could lead the battle and win the battle. And we learn from this book that prayer and Bible reading is where we get dominance. This book is... Reminds us of dominance keep that in mind we ought to believe the book live the book Love the book. It's amazing how this little book Changes the attitude. I remember when I was in high school. I took a bus trip to Ohio. I went all by myself and even though I was probably 15 or 16 years old, and today kids are much older, and much, much more accustomed to travel, I, that was my first trip all, all by myself. And I got on the bus, and I'd heard rumors that there's a lot of um, different people um, on buses. You don't know what you're getting. And, and of course, <clears throat> sitting by myself, I didn't want to sit by a stranger. I'm still like that today. I I want my wife to sit there, and if she's not there, I don't want anybody to sit there. Well, I can tell you what worked for me riding on that Greyhound bus. I pulled out my Bible, and I set it down on the seat beside me, and people would come in the bus, and obviously when they come in, they're looking for a seat. And of course, you do not want to make eye contact with them, because they'll smile, and And my natural response is smile back, and they think, oh, he likes me. He wants me to sit by him. No, I don't want you to sit by me. And so you try not to make eye contact. So I kept my head down, look out the window, or look past them as if I was anticipating my uh, six-foot-six brother that I don't have might be getting on board. And people would come, and I can't tell you, several people, people would come up and, and ask if they could sit by me. And I'd... And I'd just uh, look down at my Bible. And they'd look down at my Bible. And they'd move on to the next row. I want to tell you, this is a great companion to have. Hallelujah. It'll reserve a seat till Jesus comes. You know why? People either love this book or they hate this book. Let me give you an illustration that you might understand. If you're a sports fan, and I say New York Yankees, immediately, if you're a sports fan, especially a baseball fan, you will either love them or hate them. If I say the New England Patriots, You know why people don't like the New England Patriots? Oh, go on with all your little cheap comments. I'm going to tell you, the reason why we don't like them is because we don't like winners that win all the time. We don't like dominance. We think everything should be shared. Before long, they'll be playing games and won't keep score, and every game will end in a tie. We don't like dominance. Unless you're a fan of them. For those of us that love Jesus Christ, we love this book. And if you love another God, you're not going to like this book. You know why? It's a book of absolutes. And most people in the world do not like the fact that there's someone that is always right. You might think you're married to them. Or the person you're married to might think they're always right. But the truth of the matter is, here is the only place that you will find where it's always, 100% of the time, absolutely correct. It's a memorial book. It's a book of truth and theology and time and trouble and treats. It's a memorial of dominance. And those of you that name the name of Christ, when we see this book and And remember what it stands for. It reminds us that no matter how bad this world gets, we win. Read the last chapter in the book. The Lord Jesus Christ wins the last battle. And those that are born again, his saints, will be on his team. Now, I've got a couple more memorials, so let's hurry up. Let's look at the third memorial found in Exodus 30, verse 16. Memorial money. Memorial money. Look in verse 16 of chapter 30 in Exodus. And thou shalt take the atonement money of the children of Israel, and shalt appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, that it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before the Lord, to make an atonement for your souls... Israel here is learning how to worship. And God is giving them instructions for certain feasts and ceremonies and offerings. And and by the way, how we worship the true God is not to please us. So often I hear people say, I love how they worship. Well, there's nothing wrong with that as long as God loves it. If I want to express my love to my wife and buy her a size 11, 11 half jogging shoe, she's probably going to say, this isn't going to be a blessing to me. And so then I get the jogging shoe. So really, what I gave to her was in essence for me. And I'm concerned much of the worship today that we say is for God is in reality for us. Because God outlines in his book what will please him, what will honor him. He gives his people instructions on how to worship him. And we learn in Scripture that part of worship includes the giving of money. You You can't worship God without giving. Now, you can give without true worship, but you can't worship without giving. And here in our text, it's called atonement money because money talks. For most of us, money says goodbye. But money speaks loud and clear. This is what money says. I love you. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What you save your money for, what you spend your money on, says, I love you. We have 11 grandchildren, and we enjoy buying them gifts. Why? We love them. We spend our money and our time and our energy on the things that we love. And so our money becomes a memorial of delight. You can always tell which church members love their church more than others because they sacrificially give to the work of God. I don't have to look at the records to see who gives what because money is just the beginning of what people sacrifice of themselves when they love God and his church. They will also give their time. They will give their talent as well as their treasure to the Lord. Now, I need to hurry. Let me point out fourthly, memorial music. Look in Leviticus chapter 23, and Leviticus continues on the thought of worship. Leviticus 23, verse 24 says, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets and holy convocation. The uh, the book of Leviticus picks up where Exodus leaves off and continues on the subject of worship and true worship. We read of seven feasts of Israel here in Leviticus, and all of them are prophetic. The feast of the trumpets follows the day of Pentecost, And Pentecost prophesies of the church age. And we are to have music in our celebrations. And music is a memorial of so many things, but it's to remind God's people of departure. Departure from sin, from Satan, from the system of the world. It's it's a memorial departure from the solar system, think of it. We sing, saved, saved, saved. I'm happy on the way. He is able to deliver me. What are we singing about? We're singing a memorial of our departure from sin. We sing about Jesus is all the world to me. I love you, Lord. We are talking about the fact that That God has delivered us from sin, from the system of this world, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And departure from our solar system, oh my word, there's so many songs. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When we all get to heaven, I'm going to be gone. I'll fly away. Oh, there's scores and scores of music that reminds us of our departure from this solar system. But it's also a memorial of our departure to something, to our Savior, to sanctification, to service, to the celestial city. Oh, I love God's memorials that we find in Scripture, his memorials of deliverance and dominance and delight and departure. But let me decorate one more memorial this morning. Look in Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4, we're going to look at memorial stones. Now, when I say memorial stones, I don't know that we're to carry a rock in our pocket all the time. I think most girls would prefer a rock on their ring finger. But let's look at memorial stones in the scripture of Joshua chapter 4, And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take up every man you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign un- among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? That ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. These large stones placed in the middle of the Jordan River were a physical symbol of the praise of God's people because of a decision that they made to trust God. Do you remember when Jesus came in on Palm Sunday into Jerusalem? The, the disciples of Christ, they were excited. They were, they were shouting. They, I mean, they just had a holy fit, praising the Lord Jesus Christ. Hosanna, Hosanna, hail him. Hail him! They got excited about the coming of Jesus. The Pharisees didn't like it. The religious people said, tell your crowd to get under control. What did Jesus say? He said, I tell you that if they would hold their peace, the rocks will cry out. Ladies and gentlemen, there's something to be said about praising God giving our testimony of our decision of following Christ. Acts 4.20 says, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. The psalmist said in Psalm 107, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And quite frankly, I want to remind all of us that name the name of Christ. We might keep some of our decisions longer if we would build a memorial of a testimony or praise in our life, we start talking about Lord and, and praising the Lord to the point where people would say, what are you talking about? When you say, praise the Lord, that's the same thing that, that's going to take place here in Jordan River. What do you mean by these stones that are erected out there? What, what's that all about? we would build a memorial of praise, our testimony to the Lord, it would help us keep our decisions longer. It also would stimulate curiosity in others, wanting to know, why are you so happy? Why do you praise God in the middle of COVID-19? Why, you just lost your job, you've lost your health, and yet you're still praising God. What? does that mean help me out with that all of these memorials help us remember a person and an event every single one of these the name the memorial of deliverance the book the memorial of dominance our money-given memorial of delight. Music that we sing, a memorial of departure. Our praise and testimony, a memorial of decisions. All of these memorials remind us, remind us of Jesus Christ. And you're looking at me saying, What do we need those for? Oh, come on, let's be honest. How often in our life, in fact, did not God warn his people, don't forget me? How often in scripture do we read, and they forgot their God? How do we live a life as if God didn't exist? Because we get so busy in our routine. We get so busy in what we're doing and sometimes even good things. But we go in the energy of the flesh and with our ideas and our thoughts and we have forgot the very God that has saved us. That's why memorials are important. The church as a body has two important memorials. We call them ordinances. Scripture says there are two ordinances for the church. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. And both of them are to remind us of the sacrificial death of the Lord Jesus Christ, his burial, and his resurrection. In fact, the Lord's Supper gives us a little hint to something in the future until he comes. We're expecting him to come back. But these five memorials also listed in Scripture are for each and every one of us that name the name of Christ to help us remember who our God is and who we are. Now, I'd like to think everyone here today understands this message. And if you're saved... You followed right along, and I haven't told you anything that you don't know. But like a memorial, this message today is to remind you of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's some listening today, and just the thought of going to the hospital scares you because you're afraid you might get COVID-19. And COVID-19 carries with it a death sentence in many minds. And the thought of dying at any time, but let alone prematurely, is a fearful thought. Today I want to encourage you, you don't have to fear death. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ... You don't have to fear it anymore. You see, I'm saved and on my way to heaven, not because I'm a good person. I can assure you of that. But I'm on my way to heaven because God is a good God. He saved me from my sins. I don't deserve it, but He, in His love, sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for my sins and your sins that we might have eternal life and if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ he'll save you right here right now and you too will become a child of God you see you might walk by my casket this week and you look and and I've I've instructed I I don't want the funeral director to mess with my mustache I just want you to look look more like a walrus then so Don't want to freak you out if you come to my funeral, but you'll come by and you'll say, well, there's old Pastor Humbert. His mustache is kind of droopy this morning. But I want to remind you, that won't be Bruce Humbert. That's just the shell. The nut has gone on ahead. I have confidence today that he who said he would save me will keep me because my God doesn't lie. He is a great God. He's a wonderful God. And I hope this Memorial Day weekend you'll remember the price that men and women have given as Americans for our freedom. But, oh, don't let us forget a day. The memorials that God has given us to remind us that Jesus Christ is God. And he loves us and wants to save us. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Now, Father, I've done the best I can to teach and preach a Memorial Day message. I'd like to think that the seed that was scattered in the soil electronically and in the room landed in good soil and bring forth fruit. Father, for the man or woman that's out in the audience today that doesn't know Jesus Christ, they might have a lot of questions. And I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven. What'll I do? That's what the Philippian jailer asked. What must I do to be saved? I pray that today they would just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray for those of us who are saved, we wouldn't take our freedom for granted in America or in Christ. And help us not to forget our God. Please, oh God, forgive us when we have, but let us live our lives today in such a way that it would honor you and the price that you paid for our liberty. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.